We're now joined by Pundit Arena and the 42's Maurice Brosnan. Thanks for joining us, Maurice. Really appreciate you coming on. Good to have you. No bother. Um, Maurice, we'll start with the Ireland game. Thoughts on it? Um, disappointing. It's probably one of the worst internationals involved in Ireland that I've watched in my life. Um, it was really disappointing. The level of inaccuracy was phenomenal, you know, and there's with all this demand for any sort of expansion with this team, to be, you know, this Schmidt is constantly accused of being conservative. Mm. Yet any time we try to be anyway expansive against France, moves are breaking down. And that has to be so frustrating. Like, I can imagine, you know, his video sessions are notorious for being very difficult. I can imagine this week was probably, so, he was furious just watching how the level of inaccuracy in this, that that team demonstrated it must have been, you know, infuriating. In the first 10 minutes, two lineup moves broke down. One was thrown... Uh, one, we lost one, gave away one because of an instruction at the back. We then ran one, which is a brilliant move, where O'Brien came around the front and bashed up the short side. Mm-hmm. And off that, Henshaw knocks on, tries not given. I mean, um, we receive a kick chase. There, Francis' kick chase is poor and off the rook. Dexter tries to go wide, tries to run a loop with McCarthy. The ball is knocked on. That, that sort of thing is just, that's infuriating. That's not down to you know systems or game plans. That's just personal, basic errors that... You know, an international championship team, a coach shouldn't even have to concern himself with that type of stuff. That should be basic. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd, I'd have to agree. I mean, it has been quite stagnant, and there's been one try, you know, in two games. We've got the lowest number of tries in the whole competition. Um, now, France, I think, in my opinion, did have good line speed, but Henshaw, for the first time we've seen, was really mistake-prone. Um, now, he is coming back off an injury, so he's probably just adjusting to the speed of the game. But we're it, 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 all the same. Him and Payne did not make a lot of headways in terms of, you know, line breaks and stuff like that. But do you think it's time, that, given Haynes' hamstring injury, do you think it's time that someone like Stuart McCloskey is promoted to the side, maybe him and Henshaw take over the centres? Yeah, definitely. I, I think plus he could add a huge amount to this team just to, in terms of... I mean, the guy's been the best Irish player in club or even in European rugby that we've had this season. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And the, it's not about building another dimension. Like if Payne... Payne's hamstring is probably looking at doubt and Schmidt said in his press conference yesterday that he probably won't be there. So McCluskey is the obvious next choice. He, he's the absolute obvious next choice. But it, that's not going to be revolutionary. You know, there's still... There's still basic errors that need to be corrected. Just because McCluskey is included, I believe McCluskey should be included. I think Paddy Jackson should be included as well. I think the two of them have been the two informed players for their clubs this season. And if he's not picking off, you know, club form, what exactly are we picking off here? Yeah, well, uh, this but, is the thing. I, I think it has to be somewhat re- reputation. I mean, you've got 14 Leinster players out of 23. And, I mean, there's there's some people that I think have definitely ended up, you know, Sexton and Heaslip, I think they're kind of automatic conclusions. But when you've got guys like Fergus McFadden and Ian McMadigan coming off the bench, and then you still have Ian, you know, you still have Paddy Jackson, as you said, and Stuart McGloskey playing club rugby, you have to ask if Ulster are top of the Pro 12 table, what are, what are we picking off here? Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's not this fanciful notion. Like there's this notion that ring rows should be parachuted in. But you know, McCluskey has been involved. McCluskey was in the training camp last year. He was there. This guy knows this. All this talk about you know systems or getting used to Smith's way. He knows that he's been he's been here. He's been this. He's done that. He was one of the few players that they sent out on the fans day to go out and meet the fans. Like this guy knows how how that system is run. This wouldn't be a you know a mass step up. Whereas. You know, for someone like Ringrose, to, who's in his kind of his first season, proper first season, uh, starting with Leinster, for him to go up and play Test rugby is another level entirely. Mm-hmm. But you know, like McCluskey is not about you know, it's not actually fanciful. This is logical to now bring him in and, and start him for the in Twickenham. And even you know, like England, England are vulnerable at that sense. That axis of you know Ford, Farrell, even Joseph, that can be got at. And it doesn't look like Tuilagi is going to be back for this game in two weeks. 
you know, can, can you imagine what, for example, Roberts and Davies against that centre would make a lot of headway, and McCluskey can do that. He's he's capable of doing that for us. Mm. You know, I'd have to agree. I think he'll definitely, he's, he's, as you said, he's been one of the form players in Europe this season. I think his, his, his power and his ability to constantly get over the game line, I think, would really give us some good go-forward ball, which is what we really kind of desperately lacked on the weekend. Um, now, one of the big areas of concern was obviously the scrum. Uh, Nathan White, I think he started well in the first half, but he was completely dominating in the second half, and his replacement, Tyke Furlong, didn't fare too much better. Where do we go from here? I mean, is it worrying that we're really kind of hinging our hopes on a 36-year-old and Mike Ross who's coming off a hamstring injury. Like, the scrum over the last two weeks really doesn't show really no kind of signs of immediate improvement. Yeah. Um, it was poor. The scrum was very poor um, compared to... the two different things going on there. One is that, you know, the, the, the referee player, he's an ex. He is completely another an ex. He, the guy, like, he, he wasn't given... Even in the World Cup, we knew this was, he was a poor referee. It's a, he's notorious for it. He didn't get a game after the group stages. He didn't referee any of the quarterfinals, any time it was the final, not even the bronze game. So, so it's well known that this guy is not a very good referee. So in a situation like that where you have your... Like, White was, and even McGrath was slightly exposed in the second half, but there were... McGrath was used to it. And McGrath was almost, you know, countering it with a legal tactic himself. He was slightly boring. And at one stage, he bored and lost his bind at best. They actually gave away a penalty for it. But in a situation like that, like the, the off the try when you got three back to back tries, like surely, surely somebody in that squad, somebody, one of those pack members stands up and says, "Listen, take a knee, take a knee for a second, wait here a minute." Then somebody goes to stand behind him and says, "That Sander, this referee is clueless. He's absolutely clueless. Why don't you bore here? Why don't you either get up onto his ribs, drive him on, up underneath them instead of you know, Ireland packed down. They tried to be as disciplined as possible. Their back was hung in, you know, a whole eighth rummage." Instead of you know trying to expose the referee, like Slovenia and Belarus, they're two fantastic props. So don't get me wrong, but there wasn't like what they're doing wasn't legal. It wasn't it wasn't proper. Mm. And whereas you know last week, the scrum was just get it in, get it out. This, all this referee cared about was that not having a many reset. This guy is completely clueless. He, he's it's almost guesswork. So surely you take a gamble there, in in some manner or form. But even you know like Nathan White is a decent scrummer. I would say Ross will be back in for the England game. And he will add a huge, like Ross, is, that's a, he's a specialist. Yeah. And he's a slightly more, you know, White is actually brilliant in the loose, whereas Ross isn't. But he will certainly set up that scrum. And it's such a foundation. You look at a team like Wales, you know, Wales aren't doing anything revolutionary at the minute, but 100% accuracy at the scrum and line out again last weekend, that's a phenomenal statistic. Yeah. And it, it's kind of, if you can nail those basics, it's, just, it's an ideal platform. Again, that was something we couldn't launch any sort of moves off it because, you know, our scrum and our line were really poor this weekend. Maurice, um, Ireland's next opponents, English, England, uh, finished very strongly against Italy. Are you looking forward, uh, or are you worried to Ireland heading over to Twickenham in two weeks' time? Um, I wouldn't be as anxious as some people are. I don't think, based on the evidence that I've seen, that this England is a massive improvement for the Lancashire. They're more organised, and there's probably a bit more strategic awareness about them. But I mean, they're they're back row defensively. They're going to have to change something there. What? You know, Jones is very structured in what he wants to do. He's he's, he's organised. The guy likes to have... He, he, he's come out and said he doesn't like his players to have to do too much thinking. He wants to have set bed patterns and he works off those. And it's kind of the same template that he applied not so much at Australia, but definitely with the Brumbies and with Japan that he's using in England. So he, like, he has young, as he even care. They're taking steps as scrum ass and they're fixing defenders. And he's these big strike runners, you know, smashing up the middle trying to get go forward ball and you know he, he has these pods his pods are very set that he has a back row a front row and, a, and a, one of his second rows in these kind of three pods each time that he's making these carries and he likes transitions you know he, he gets 
Oh, you look at the two tries, um, Farrell and Ford, it goes, you know, to scrum half goes to a big forward like Vinopolo. Vinopolo jumps, pulls in defenders out the, the back door to Farrell, who gives it to Ford. For, um, for Farrell's try on the other side, goes to Ford. Big ball carry like Jamie George flying up, he sucks in defenders and Farrell's on the outside. But it, this kind of system, like that, any sort of back row, and especially ours, even Wales's, would really love to see, you know, this scrum half taking steps and not getting protection. Like, Italy, Italy doesn't have a revolutionary back, in, back row. If they caught England, like, cold a lot of the time in the first half, they were really giving them trouble. Young even turned around at one stage to Haskell and said, you need to give me something here, you need to protect me. Cause he was constantly getting flooded through. Players were coming through the gate because England only committed maybe two players to their own breakdown. And that's something that, you know, they can be got at there. They can definitely be got at there. The other thing as well is, as O'Gara said on television during the weekend, you know, Farrell and Ford, defensively, still do not have any, a real understanding there. That access is still poor. And if you know if Wales could be looking forward to that with Roberts and Davies, surely that's something that we, and I think we will target and we look towards. So I wouldn't be like I'm not saying Ireland are going to destroy them, but I definitely don't think I'm as anxious as a lot of other people are. I think Ireland will definitely put it up to England. Yeah, I think you're right about the you know the continuity between Ford and Farrell. Do you think that McCluskey could expose that if he was brought into the Absol- starting team? Yeah, absolutely, definitely. I think that. You can even see that uh, that's another thing that, ha- that they're doing defensively. That they keep players, you know, they're they're very tight. They almost within you know 15 yards of the breakdown, they have eight or nine players, and the reason is they don't want to let out those outside backs get isolated. And so, so that's something that you know Schmidt, most certainly better than I do, and a lot of and other people do. How to expose that? How to look down that channel and get a ball carrier like like McCluskey is is a. Like the pain is a pretty decent ball carrier, but he adds an entire another dimension. He's like an extra back row for a ball, as a ball carrier for us, and we don't. Neither of our second rows are great ball carriers, even in the front row. McGrath didn't carry as much because he's wrecked from every, all the scrums, and the Linda Lions have dysfunction. Best can carry as much as we would like to have done, that, and that's frustrating. So he would add that other dimension. Like when we're going narrow, going back to the French game, you know, France had a better tackle accuracy than we did, and they had a better turnover rate than we did. But if we could add another balker and maybe even have him out wide, the way you know he slip off and hugs the wing, trying to add some sort of width to it, with McCluskey doing that from the centre, could definitely add that kind of dimension and look at that, you know, that unexposed axis of Ford and Farrell. Which, you know, there's a lot of talk that they're going to try and parachute Tulagi in this. Talk about a couple of other players that might be. Even, I don't think they will. I think if Tulagi's not fit, it'll be Ford and Farrell, and that that's a good thing for us. Yeah. You're talking about Stuart, McCl- Stuart McCluckley uh, bringing this power to the game and I think that's something that CJ Stander was definitely recognised last week and I think it's something that Ireland have been definitely missing. Now, Joseph nabbed himself a hat-trick against Italy and Ben Youngs was very impressive. Youngs and Danny Kerr have been going back and forth for years under Stuart Lancaster. Do you think Youngs has it you know, for the rest of the tournament? Uh, it's hard to say. Carr was brilliant when he came on as well. It was a great yeah. rubber for um, the tries. That I, I think uh, Carr has almost made a reputation as an impact player, which is going to go against them um, in terms of this. You know, Young's got Young's probably didn't deserve man of the match. It should have been Joseph. But besides the point, you know, what Jones wants his scrum after there's a lot of misunderstanding about this. You know, Jones likes his scrum after taking a step off the back of Rooks or something. And the reason he likes that is because it fixes you know your pillar and your first defender. So once they're fixed, you can get a striker and coming at an angle in a lot of ways like Wales do and re- really making some yards there, really kind of, you, you suck them in, you suck them in and then he has, um, we all know about their attacking power out wide. 
So young is probably more suited to that, whereas care is a more impact um, substitution. It'd be it'd be a hell of a battle. I think he will go at Young's for the England game, yeah. but I don't know how he you know he nail it down for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, I agree that you know Danny Kerr is almost taking on this role of you know that own Reddens had for Ireland and Leinster of of bringing the tempo back up for the last twenty minutes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talking about Youngs and taking this step and including these big runners, you know England have quite a competitive second row, and Longsbury and Itoje both impressed off the bench. Do you think either one of them will be promoted to the starting lineup to to you know? Um, Combine with Youngs and his bringing of strike runners into the game. Uh, I think Lanchbury should. I think Lanchbury and Cruz is the best partnership they have there. Um, I think when Laws is there, they're slightly more disjointed. You know that they see these. Their pods are very, very clearly designated. And again, it's going back to this organisation that Jones, you know, he loves. Um, and I think Lanchbury and Cruz is the best sort of system that they have there. I think you know. Cruz is a classy operator around the pack. I think Lanchbury is a brilliant step piece operator. He actually calls line outs a lot. Um, and then, you know, if you've got an impact player, again, going back to that, like Courtney, you know, that 6 2 split that Jones went through that weekend like, is it's a massive gamble, but it's indicative of exactly what he wants to do. This is, it was mm. so clear, it was such a clear statement about how he was going to target, you know, this type of team. And he, he's coming out, he's saying he wants his teams to hammer Italy, he wants them to bully them. Maybe he's simply fitter, and we're going back to this, you know, that big strike runner thing of getting uh, again. You know, I don't know if Lanchbury would carry as much, but I think he would add something. I also think he might need to shake up his back row slightly. I don't know if um, like Haskell is a great Haskell and Vanapola are great ball carriers, but defensively they don't really operate in terms of protecting English ball you know, on their own rook, and that's a massive, you know, a massive gamble to take when you're only committing, you know, two people to your own breakdown, especially against uh, a back row as competitive as Ireland's. Yeah. Do you think that the inclusion of Jack Clifford and him bringing him off the bench is he slowly easing him into the starting team? I would hope so. I think, um, well, I, I, from an Irish perspective, I wouldn't. But he, he you know, yeah. he's, he's a really good athlete, and he, again, going back to us, like he, he's not the standout guy who's getting on the headlines for you know these big ball carries and offensive work. He does a huge amount of that, that unseen work that you know Rob Shaw is so good at, and that's probably what he's at there, kind of slowly easing him in to to do that but it, it's definitely something they're going to have to look at like, like whatever about us what that Welsh back row would do if they don't offer protection off their own ball proper you know what you want is a good clean out at least one protector you probably want to commit three people to that breakdown yeah. um, you know Ireland can, a lot of time Ireland are only committing two against France and we lost some, I think we lost eight of our own rook ball which is really poor so, so that's something that England will Definitely be aware of because I mean, if Italy can expose that, we can certainly expose that. And Wales, you know, Wales back row is above that again. Yeah, just speaking of Wales's back row, I think that's I mean, we've seen in Scotland, Wales have so much depth. I mean, when you're considering that you're bringing guys like Dan Lydiot off the bench, and then you have Tapuric and Warburton and, uh, and Falatau at number eight, and then also, you know, in the front row, you're bringing someone like his experience of Gethin Jenkins off the bench. They really are a loaded team, and really, I mean, Gareth Davies has done quite well stepping in for Reese Webb. Um, now, Davies got a, a, a Really good first try. Some a little bit of a controversy over the legitimacy um, with regards to if he was offside or not. I think if 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 he was if it was disallowed, I think it would be very harsh. Um, and George North had a huge game as well. How did you assess Wales' performance on the weekend? And when it's all said and done, do you think it'll come down to Dem versus England for the championship? It will definitely come down to um, Dem versus England. I would. I mean, in terms of value, I think Wales are nine to four or something in the betting. I think that's that's a really attractive option. 
Wales know exactly where they are, and there's no, you know, they're never going to evolve past this. Like I hate the phrase, but Warren Ball mm-hmm. lifestyle. You know, there's no, there's no real evolution, and that's not what he's about. They're comfortably where they are, and but they know. I mean, going back to it, we're talking about the actors with Ireland. They had 100 percent accuracy at their lineout and their scrum against Scotland. We saw what the scrum did against us, and even their lineout. They've got a back row. They know exactly what their back row is like. We don't know. Reese Webb could come back in. There was talk that he was definitely going to come back in for the next game. No, against France. No, it looks like he won't because he got a bad knock against Munster to his head. But um, it doesn't really matter because Davies is there anyway. But they know exactly. You know, again, you're talking about depth there. They have so many boxes ticked in terms of that step is actually the depth in their squad. How they're going to play? They're all completely buying into that. Mm-hmm. They're not doing anything revolutionary. Even you know, North Troy wasn't actually that. That revolutionary. All that happened was he ran. He, he tucked himself in behind the uh, ten, and you know ran a pretty decent line back towards where the ball came. And Scotland back row missed him. They, that's where they were sort of in cover. And the first tackle was Finn Russell. The back row missed him, and he got in. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's nothing. There's nothing evolutionary. They know exactly where they are, and they haven't evolved their game plan in any way. But to be, you know, to know that this is what we're doing. This is exactly how we're going to do it. Is that could bring confidence to a team, and that's why they they'd be very wary. I actually think they might win this Six Nations. Yeah, I'd I'd have to agree. I think they were they're very good against Scotland, and and they were they were quite good against Ireland as well. That game was really kind of touch and go there for a while. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be very interesting. I think it'll it'll be quite like that um the the, the World Cup where we it was going to go right down to the wire, and I think it'll probably be much of the same when they face um later on this later on in this tournament. Maurice, thanks very much for joining us. We really appreciate having you on. You can read Maurice's articles at Pundit, on Pundit Arena, and you can also read them in the Forty Two. Um, your, your Twitter handle, Maurice M underscore Brosnan. M underscore Brosnan. Okay, thanks very much for having on, coming on, Reese. Really appreciate it. No bother, thanks. Thanks, take it easy. Couple of things there. Um, do you think? Do you agree with this? Do you agree with them in the fact that you think Wales are probably the favourites, or would you have England? Oh, I don't know. I think he's probably exposed a couple of things there about England, uh-huh. and uh, it's interesting to talk about Eddie Jones and the the six two split on the bench. I think. I think I've said it before. I think Wales have a very settled twenty-three. Mm-hmm. They have a very good squad, um, you know, match day squad. I think if they pick up a number of injuries in certain areas, I think the value of the team goes down very quickly. But I think, I think it should be Wales, considering that they have the most continuity. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I think. I think even with. I think if Bigger gets injured, I think that'd be big because I think there's a big difference now. I mean, I know they were very competitive years, but I think Bigger's pulled away from Priestland. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. In that respect, and then I think. If I think it's the centres as well. I think if Davies and Roberts gets injured, I think they're so big, powerful, and I think Davies is really one of the most underrated centres in Europe, um, just because he's he's a lot bigger than most people think, and he's yeah. got he's got a lot of speed to him as well. Talk, I've talked about about this a couple of times, you know, just in passing with people that sometimes I thought that you know Jamie Roberts had almost been found out in the sense that he can only really um, you know carry the ball and defend. You know, he doesn't maybe have the intricacies that. Uh, Gordon Darcy had mm-hmm. but you know looking at that Ireland game and even the Scotland game when he tackles and carries the ball he does it pretty damn well yeah. you know so um, I, I think he's a, he, he's a key cog in Gatlin's, Gatlin's game plan I can imagine they, they target Farrell a lot in, in that game when Wales playing and um, just because I, I think also 
Eddie Jones did this a lot with Larkham and Giddo as well. You know, he'd love to have them that kind of like ball playing 12. I think that's what he's kind of going for in Farrell and Ford. Um, I don't know if George Ford's anywhere near the level that Stephen Larkham was. Yeah. And, you know, Matt Giddo's quite a, it, that's quite a big mark as well to step up for on Farrell. But I think they're both, you know, they're both amongst more talented players. But I think they're still kind of really working out, um, I suppose, the chinks of, uh, of their partnership there at 10 and 12. Um, so it will be interesting to see what they do. But, I mean, when we look to the other end of the table, we've got Scotland and Italy. Um, Scotland again quite competitive for large parts of the game it fell off in the last 20 minutes Italy competitive I think you know for the majority of the first half fell off in the second half and got you know railroaded um, I do think that Italy I think it was a lot for them to back up against England at Twickenham after yeah. going to start the France and really coming in with you know with uh, a Sergio Parise botch drop goal of winning the game yeah. so I think it was quite hard emotionally and probably physically for them to back up but do you think it's it's looking like it's I mean at least we hope it's looking like it's going to be them at the bottle again of this season and not hopefully yeah. Ireland's not in that mix uh, no I, I I wouldn't think that Ireland should be down there I think that you know we, we have Italy and Scotland at home mm. and we should definitely be looking at two uh, with victories there I don't think we should be looking at two victories the same as we have been in the past I think Scotland are definitely a different beast but you know I, you know with Fern Carter at the helm but their performance against Wales was inspiring yet incredibly frustrating yeah in the sense that as most Scottish performances as are as most <laughs> Scottish performances are yeah they they conceded a try early on and uh, came back they came back into the game and they put themselves in a position to win the game with a minute to go mm. their, the clock was actually in the red uh, Priestland restarted they regathered the ball and the first pass off they knocked it on yeah uh, I don't think I don't think you can be a top tier competitive competitive um, nation if you have small you know small mistakes like that well a huge mistake like that yeah I mean I know it's probably a bit selfish coming from an Irish perspective but the thing I liked about them was they they really had a fight back you know they, they rallied late and I just don't think in the last 20 minutes against France there's no stage even when Madigan came on like throughout I, was not, I wasn't like oh here we go like Ireland yeah. really here comes the rally you know here comes the late heave there was none of that and I think there was with Scotland and it's. I mean, maybe they're used to having the fight for every tooth and nail. Where we just have this maybe assumption that we're going to pull it out late because we have, you know, so much over yeah. the last couple of years. I think over the Joe Schmidt era, we've moved from this one-off emotional performance, mm. this maybe monster-esque attitude of grabbing the player beside you and yeah. slapping him until, yeah, until he's yeah. red in the face. It's and a lot angry. more clinical now. It's isn't a it? lot more systematic and clinical, exactly. And I think that in the past, when the system hasn't worked that there's there's no fallback there's no plan B and nine yeah. times out of ten there doesn't need to be a plan B because it, it's so well thought out yeah. but sometimes I, I feel that you know um, when the system fails that Ireland don't have um, have some ingenuity to come up with the answers yeah, themselves there's not a lot of natural no. kind of attacking flight. that's even even in the World Cup when we were against yeah. Italy and against France even sometimes and, and Argentina when it didn't go to plan it was like we don't have that like even what the All Blacks have or what France has or what Wales has where we can naturally start throwing the ball around yeah. and like have no, this def- way it's just not, not. and I, I think it's a lot to do with coaching that we, we've we've kind of really had this game that's been really predicated around kicking and chasing and, and turning almost like a Springbok-esque yeah. kind of you know, game plan I think that we we won two Six Nations with that game plan in yeah. you know and being very clinical in in what Joe Schmidt wants the players to do, and I feel that I don't know if it was a change or tactics or 
you know, um, a fallback in skills. But during the World Cup, we almost moved away from this kick chase, mm-hmm. hard pressing. We still did it, but we didn't do it as much. Not as much as we did in the Six Nations. No. And Joe Schmidt's got a lot of criticism, but we also have beaten Australia and South Africa in November internationals. Yeah. South Africa off a win against the All Blacks. Yeah. And we came very close to beating the All Blacks. I think that, um, and especially, I couldn't understand why we didn't do it against France. Mm. I I didn't see that game plan, definitely. It was wet conditions, and they had the likes of Teddy Thomas and Vakatawa on the wings. Yeah. Vakatawa is a sevens player. Yeah. So why not introduce him to the 15-man code with yeah. high balls and pressure? They did, though, at the start, and then Vakatawa caught one in his own end goal, and after that they just seemed to abandon no. that you know yeah. what I mean they did it once he caught it Rob Carling went up Vakatawa went up Vakatawa came down with the ball and then after that it seemed to just like abandon that kind of game plan yeah. and we just never we, we didn't get over the advantage line um, we, we didn't really kind of constantly build up plays it didn't definitely didn't look threatening when we're going out wide no. you know so there's a lot of kind of holes there but I think also as well you got to understand we're missing an awful lot of players like we had shot we lost Sean O'Brien after 20 minutes O'Connell's gone uh, we'd know Mike Ross we'd know Peter O'Matney. Um so there's a lot of people big name players some of our best players over the last year probably three of our last four best players yeah. were gone for the majority of the match and I think you know just what you said like there as well not only are they the most important players but they're Joe Schmidt's key cogs yeah. I mean if we look at these team sheets Mike Ross has been chosen mm. because Schmidt has that faith in him and in fairness Mike Ross delivers Peter O'Matney as well yeah um, you know, Peter Amati is definitely one of these players who can be quite emotive. Yeah. And um, I think he's a revelation for Ireland. But um, when he when, when Amati plays well, Ireland play well. Yeah. In his turnovers, and he's reestablished his game into this turnover and tackling tackling experts Machine, almost. Yeah. yeah. David yeah. Pocock, I'm almost kind of like a bit like yeah, that. Yeah, he's definitely on his way. And he, he used to be, you know, there was talk of moving him to number eight. Uh-huh. But I think he's moved back towards this, this tackling and turnover player. Yeah. And... Uh, Although, you know, you, you can't say that it was pretty much a full-strength backline against France. Uh-huh. Um, slightly underperforming. Slightly I would have liked Tommy Bowen there. I think Tommy Bowen, if you're going to go for that kick chase, he's one of the best yeah. at it. You if know? Tommy, you know, if you're going to do that, then Tommy Bowen is, is definitely up there. Dave Carney is well capable of doing it as mm. well. He's one of six nations under that game plan. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, Johnny Sexton, uh, I don't think he was targeted by France as much as we thought he would be. And no. You know, Bastro not being there. Uh, you know, it's it's hard. It's it's bad to pick Bastro him out. But like he definitely seeks him out. Like a he definitely missile, seeks him out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I I I just it just it just frustrated me the lack of cutting edge that Ireland had. Lack, um, lack of just like just uh, not even aggression, but just like just intent at yeah, attacking definitely. intent. You know, and like, I think Maurice, um, you know, picked up on it. I was going to ask that. Does he think that the weather maybe covered over? Some of the things, some of our problems, some of our problems. Yeah, he, he did. Br- he did bring that up. He did go on to explore it, and you know, it's 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 very hard to play rugby in the rain. Yeah, the ball gets slippy, but even the decision making. You know, Johnny Sexton passed it back inside into contact, and you know they they replayed it over and over when Hengshan knocked it on that there were two two defenders covering him. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'd have to agree, and and we'll probably just we'll finish up on this. And it's the one thing that I mentioned. Like when we look at those guys that we mentioned. You'd obviously Paul O'Connell was a former captain and captain for a long time, one of the best players we've had in history. Um, and then you have Peter O'Matney and Sean O'Brien, both guys who were rumored to be taking over as captain this time around. Um, when we had those period of scrums right in front of the posts, there really just seemed to be this like acceptance that we're getting dominated here. 
There was no kind of like you just can imagine Paulie in those positions, just screaming at people like, "Come on, let's lift, let's let's have big scrums here." And I don't know, like I'm, maybe Rory Best is a different type of captain. We're so early in his in his tenure as Irish captain, but there really didn't seem to be that big fight back and that big heave. Now maybe he's you know he's focusing on his job. Maybe he leads by actions more than he does words. But it was concerning that there, there definitely seemed to be no galvanizing push towards the end. And um, it's well, we, we're still good tactically, I think, and, and we still were good in patches um, of play. I thought Mike McCarthy was quite good. Um, yeah. There was, there was, we had some good moments. You know, there was some, there was some players that kind of really stepped up. Um, but it's, it's, it's hard for me to envision us beating England. And if, if we don't, I think we really should start bleeding new players into the squad. Um, going forward, the last two games. If we're gonna, if we've lost two and drawn one, I don't see the point in just beating Scotland and Italy for yeah. the sake of beating them. I'd rather us try new players and try and let's see, you know, if we can have some challenging to, to some players that really have been around for and established in this Irish team and have done so well for this Irish team for a long time. But yeah, thanks again for listening. Um, we're we might have a bit of football later on. If not, we might have that in a separate podcast. But I'd like to thank Darren, Brain, and Gav um, for their thoughts on the GAA. And I'd like to thank Maurice for coming on. Um, thanks very much. And we look forward to hopefully you joining in on us next weekend.